upstairs. Those are just reading glasses. That's what they look. Gary, do you have your reading glasses? Are these yours? Uh huh. <laughs> I was going to say earlier we were going to change that song singing I go to seeing I go and someone's not seeing very good so <laughs> uh, were those yours? they were yours well that's good we're glad we found a home <laughs> you can turn your Bibles to Psalm 142 We've been giving thought to what causes churches to die. <clears throat> I think um, that this still goes along with this. I believe that <clears throat> we we definitely have to be we, we have to stop being so inner focused and start being more outer focused. And by that, not so much thinking about ourselves, but looking at others, and, and uh, we even discussed that a little bit in our connections this morning. Uh, Suzanne brought up a great point in helping deal with grief and loneliness and, and those challenges in your life. One of the best ways to help you is to get out and stay busy helping others, and uh, so I hope that this can help. We're, we're definitely in a society where this is definitely a monster that we need to deal with, and I even titled this today, The Monster in the Cave, and if you read, I don't know if your Bible says this or not, but it is a masquil of David, and that, that means that it is a contemplative type of a psalm, and so uh, it's one where he's in deep thought, and we're going to see that he's in, he's in dire distress, and uh, this is a psalm that was written while it says a prayer when he was in the cave. It, it doesn't say... Uh, which time there were a couple of different times at least two that we have written in scripture there may have been several others that uh, other times when he was hiding in a cave and uh, hiding from uh, Saul and running from him fleeing for his life and and uh, we know that it was uh, during this time that it, it was some dark days for David and that's why I say this all the time but I love how God, when, when in God's word, and what I would consider those who are heroes of the faith, God still doesn't hide from us the blemishes that they have. Now, there's only a couple of men in the Bible that you can't find anything negative said about, but for the most part, we have here that um, David, in all of his blemishes, we see that God still loved him, God used him greatly, and uh, we see that David was all over the board. Uh, I mean, when it came to emotions and uh, his life and, and his temperament, and uh, obviously he was a passionate man, and so we see um, big spikes in his behavior at different times. And, and so this psalm was written from a cave. You think about a cave, and, and I think about a place that obviously is dark and uh, a place where he was alone. Anybody here ever been in a mine or something whenever they turn off the lights or in a cave? That's dark. I mean, that, that's dark. That, that's, uh, that, that's a dark place. And 
You know, I, I think that when we, when we give thought to this, and, and it's not so much the cave as it's that darkness, a place that uh, is stressful, a place where he's afraid and, and alone, and, and sometimes I believe that we need to deal with this. And, and it's, a, it's kind of a hard subject to deal with, but uh, it's the monster of depression. And that's what we have in Psalm 142. I, I, what got me thinking on this, I was watching a, a preacher the other day. On, uh, I was watching uh, David Jeremiah was preaching, and I was watching him on TV. And, and uh, he, he used Psalm 142, and, and he used... Uh, one of the verses, and, and uh, uh, verse 4, he quoted that, and he said in his, in his pastoral experience, in his own mind, he said that's the, most, that, that's the most sad verse of all the Bible, and we'll get to that, and so I started thinking of that, and then I thought, well, I'm going to go read Psalm 142, and, and then on Wednesday night, Gary was preaching on Psalm 143, and and my, my uh, eyes uh, diverted up to Psalm 142. And I don't know what he said Wednesday night because I wrote a message on uh, Wednesday night while he was preaching. So thank you, brother. appreciate it. So <clears throat> sometimes that happens. But I just want you to know that no one is immune. I, I think that sometimes we, we think that we are immune from certain things, but, but we are not. And... and so I, I use this as an example. I, I, I'm not here seeking any kind of sympathy. I'm just say, using the example of a pastor because that's who I am. You, you can take and, and put your profession in, in place of this, and, and I'm sure the numbers will, will be much of the same. But <clears throat> it is said that, and I don't know the exact number on this one, that, but uh, there was 27,000 pastors interviewed for this study. One out of ten pastors have com contemplated suicide in the last year. Only one of ten who start out in the ministry as a pastor will actually retire as a pastor. I don't know where they get this study, but it's said that up to a thousand pastors leave the ministry every month or full-time ministry workers. And so there was, a <clears throat> there was another study that said that pastors experience depression at rates double of the general population. And the question that is asked is who pastors the pastor? And, and I, just, I just want you guys to, to understand. I use that as the illustration so that you understand that, that depression is real and that it's everywhere. And there's no one immune to that, even those who, who are ought to be anyway studying daily and on their prayer in their prayers daily and on their knees and and walking with God and 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 dealing with with life we we need to understand that we, we uh, depression is real and that churches that want to ignore this or churches that that want to I, I, I don't know I, I have some kind of a, a facade about them that whenever you come in that Everything is good and everything is right and, and my life is all put together and, and, and I have no issues in my life and, and I don't have the crazy uncle in my family or, 
you know, or I, I don't have the issues in my life, and I don't have the issues, and my children are all perfect, and my grandchildren are all walking the way that they ought to, and all things are good, and, and I really just think we have to get past some of these things in our lives, and, and we just need to rock, walk a real walk, and just be transparent with each other, and, and, and be able to deal with some of these things. I, 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 I could have gone into the the suicide rate of, of our kids today uh, has has just uh, has an enormous uh, uh, growth of, of people that these children that are taking their lives and 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 why because of this depression and and because of the stresses that bring it on and that's what we're going to see here in in this psalm uh, we see David just lay it out I mean and you you want to talk about transparent I mean. He writes this while he's in a cave by himself, and, and he's writing this to God. And, and what David obviously doesn't know is that God is inspiring him to write this. Do you understand that? I mean, God knows his feelings. God knows where he's going with this. God knows his emotions. God knows the place that he's at. And, 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 and knowing all of the inadequacies that he has, and, and he, is, he is the one who is guiding David to write these very words. And why? So that we can use them for our benefit. So that we can understand where David was at and, and how we can get out of this. And, and so let's look at this. Verses 1 and 2, we see David's plea. Several things that he does in this plea. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I mean, he cried out in need. It's as, as Peter who who had walked on water and started sinking, and, and he looks up to Jesus and says, Lord, save me. I mean, it's that kind of a cry. It's the, it's the situation that you're in, whatever it may be. We, we need to understand and realize that, that God is there and that he's listening and, and, and that he's wanting you to seek help. And look, God is a gentleman, and God's going to stay out of it if you don't want him involved in it. And, and he'll sit back and, and he'll let you make some bad choices and, and go further and further. Now, along the way, he's going to be pecking at your heart's door and convicting you and telling you to stop doing these things and come back. And, and, and there may be a time where he will do something to you to wake you up and, and bring you back. But you, you need to understand that God wants you to look up to him and cry out to him. And so... Let us do that. Let's cry out in need. And whatever your need is, whatever the stress is, whatever the anxiety is, whatever has brought you to the place where you feel like you're in a cave, then call out to God and ask him for help. That's exactly what he wants us to do. And with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. The New Testament has the idea of being very specific in what you're praying and and here in the specifics of this, praying for God's gracious, favorable treatment, mercy and compassion to be shown upon him. And, and so here we see that, that he's crying unto him and, and he's making this supplication. He's, oh God, please be gracious to me and send me your grace and show favor to me and help me in this situation that I'm in. And, and Lord, I, I truly need you right now. I I know that I've made mistakes, and I know that I've made some bad choices, and I know that I haven't done things right every time, but God, I am asking you to help me right now. I'm praying and, 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 and bringing these things to you, seeking your favor. 
And then he goes even further, though, and he says, And I poured out my complaint before him. You know, and, and I showed before him my trouble. Boy, when you pour something out, you're just laying it all out. Right here it is, God. Here's everything about me that I'm struggling with. The insecurities, the, the anxiousness, the anger, the bitterness, the sadness, the grief, the, 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 the I, I don't know, just not knowing what's going to take place tomorrow or, or, or just rehashing something that's happened in the past and, and it just keeps coming back to your mind and, and, and just lay it all out. That's what God, that's what God wants us to do. That's, that's what he allowed David to write here and, and inspired David to write. He said, uh, and in here, that's exactly what David was doing, just pours it all out to God. And he pours out his complaint, and, and that is what it was. It's just a complaint. God, here's the problem, and, 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 and I'm pouring it out before him. That word before, has uh, it, it's a powerful word that means in the face of. You know that God is watching us, and, and, he, and he's right there face to face. This is God our Father. We, can, we have the wonderful privilege of being able to talk to our Father because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. What a joy, what a privilege it is to be adopted into the family of God when we realize that we're a sinner in need of a Savior and, and we, when we humbly bow our hearts and, and by faith we call upon Jesus Christ to save us of our wretched sin and, and to, to be our Savior and, and we place our faith totally in what He has done, His death, burial, and resurrection. And He gives us eternal life and adopts us into His family and, and then because of that, then we can bring our complaints and and, and, and what it is, these are real, okay? And you need to understand, God doesn't just dismiss that. God understands what you're going through, and God knows that these things are a big deal to you, and, and you know what He wants? He wants you to get victory over it. But He wants you to get victory over it the right way, and so we take it and we pour them out to Him, all of our complaints before Him, right to His face, face to face, and and then I showed before him my trouble, and um, that, that means to be conspicuous. And so, get in the way, okay? God, I'm right here, and I don't want you to, I don't, I don't want you to, I, I don't, you're not going to ignore me, okay? Which he's not going to anyway, but you put yourself right in that position where you're looking at him, you're getting his attention, you're keeping his attention, you're saying, God, here's my trouble. Here's the straits that I'm in, here's the desperate situation that I'm in and and can I tell you things that you think are impossible and and, and you've come to a place in your life where de depression brings you to a place where you think you're in a hopeless situation but I'm telling you nothing is hopeless with an all-powerful almighty God and we have to trust what he says and we have to trust the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide us and and use the Word of God to minister to our hearts and, and, and to be the balm that, that we need to, to, to uh, help cure the hurts that we have. And, and I'm telling you that Jesus is able to deliver you from whatever the situation is going on in your life. You know how we need to trust Him. And so we showed Him before Him my trouble. But then we see David's despair. And at the end of this, I'll point this out again, but you're going to see the struggle through this psalm. 
You're going to see the back and forth, and, and, you, and, you, and you're going to understand that this is a struggle that he's dealing with. He knows what to do, and so he cries to God. He pours out everything to God. But then he says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, and that, that spirit's not the Holy Spirit, that's just, it, it's, it's our will that we have. It, it's the, the, the passion and the, the push that keeps us going forward. And you know what David is saying? He said, God, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just tired and my, I am overwhelmed with everything that's going on and I'm overwhelmed with my situation and, and God, I'm just tired, I'm feeble and, and I, I just don't understand. Then thou knewest my path. Then thou knewest my path. You see the struggle? He's saying, oh, here we are. I'm overwhelmed, but you know exactly where I'm at. You know the path that I'm on right now. Well, there was a lot going on in that dark cave, wasn't there? And so he says, My spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. You see, God, they're, they're out there, and they're trying to destroy me, and, and I'm overwhelmed, and I'm tired, and... But you know the way, and you know my path, and in the way wherein I've walked, have they? And I know that there are snares out there, and and I and I know that the devil would sure like to destroy me right now, and and I know there are those that are watching that would love to see your blow your testimony or whatever, and 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 you feel all of these struggles that are that are going on, and and so then he he starts looking for help, and he says, and I look on my right hand, and. Beheld, but there was no man that would know me. There was no one here to, to know me. And refuge failed me. There was, and, and that word refuge, I, I wrote this down in, in, my, in, in my Bible, that refuge has the idea of a, a place of escape. And, and, and you think of that, and I know in this, he's physically talking about escaping the enemy that was trying to kill him. But you ever get to the point where you're in that dark cave and and, and, you're, and you're lost in, the, in your thoughts, and you're overwhelmed in your spirit, and you, you know that God is there, but you're, you're looking for something, and, and you look on your right hand, and there's no one there that you can talk to, that, that, that you're, you, just, you just don't see anyone there, and, and you're thinking that you're all by yourself, and, and, and then there's nowhere to escape. Can I tell you that packing up and moving is not going to help your situation? Because wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> I know it's very deep, isn't it? <clears throat> but it is. You're still going to have to deal with it. God wants you to deal with it. And God, God is going to hold you to that. And, and here, refuge failed me, and no man cared for my soul. Can I tell you something? That's a lie. Now, I'm not saying God's word is a lie. But I'm telling you what David was thinking is a lie. There are people that care, they just don't know how to show it. There is Jesus who cares for your soul. And he will always be there. And he knows exactly what you need. And he knows how to help you. And we need to look to him and trust him. 
But here we see in, in David's despair, oh, my spirit is overwhelmed, and you know my path, but there was no one else. There's only those who are trying to destroy me. There's no place to hide. There's no place of refuge, and there's no one that cares for me. And so then we see his resilience. Now we see the battle again. I cried unto thee, O Lord. He doesn't stop doing what he needs to do. Can I tell you sometimes that you might not be right on the edge of the, of the cave. You may have wandered yourself far down into the hole. But you know what you have to do is you have to keep fighting. You have to keep crying unto God to help you. It wasn't overnight that you got in the hole. And it won't be overnight that will bring you out. But you know what you have to do? You have to keep doing the things that you know that you're supposed to do. And one of them is look to the one that can deliver you. And that's God. And I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge. You start remembering the, the promises that God gives you in his word, and you start living according to them. And you start applying them to your life, and, and, and you start realizing that, that these aren't just words that's on a piece of paper that has been bound into a book and that we call it the Bible, but these are the very precious words of God. And God wrote, had David write this psalm just for you to hear today so that you can understand that whatever hole that you are in, that God is the one that can bring you out of this, and he's the one that's your refuge, and he's the one that can give you that peace in your heart and, and calm your mind and, and calm your life down and, and bring you back into the priorities that ought to be in your life. I'm telling you, it's powerful. And, oh Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. God, you are everything that I have and you are everything that I need. That's kind of hard sometimes when in our relationships we sometimes depend far too much upon our spouse or that one in our relationship. And, and you know what happens is they will disappoint you because they're human. We, we, we can't always be there. We, we can't read your mind. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not always there to be able to lift you up and and. and be the wings, the wind under my wings, or whatever that stupid song is, you know? <laughs> Most of us get that up, draft, and then... Uh, oh. <clears throat> but he's everything that we need. And we really need to get to that. And, and, and sometimes God has... Watched us go into that cave and allowed us to go in there. And the Holy Spirit's been knocking on your heart and saying, "You don't don't do this, okay? Don't do this." But you've chosen to go that way, and so now you you've you realize the the bad decisions you've made, and and so now you you need to turn from that, and you've repented of those things. You're God, I want out of this, and so you cry unto God, and and, and then you you start understanding that. He's the one that you need to run to. He's our refuge. He's the safe place. He's the place of escape. And, and really, he's all that we need. People go looking everywhere, trying to find that peace and trying to find that security in something. And, 
They, they go from person to person. They go from bottles to, to pills. They go to whatever recreation that the world has. They, they'll seek every way other than going the way that they ought to, and that's to realize that God is our refuge. And so then he goes on, and he says, God, attend unto my cry. Give every attention unto me, God. It, it has the idea of when he stoops down and he listens to what you're saying closely, and he knows everything that's going on, and, and so attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Sometimes we're disheartened, we're downcast, and, and really sometimes we get to the point where we're just pretty desperate. And you know the thing is, is we can couple of things can happen there. One, you can do what's right and, and you look to God and, and God is the uplifter. He's the one that can lift up your head. That's what David says later in other Psalms. You're the lifter of my head. And we can see and understand that he's the one that can deliver us out of these things and bring us where we need to be. Or you can start looking at all those people that have disappointed you and you can get angrier and bitter and you know what you do is you just go deeper down in the cave. Because then you start thinking that you're all alone and that no one knows and no one cares and, and you're there where David was at and then you know what you got to do? You got to stop, you got to turn around, cry unto the Lord and start all over again. But instead we need to understand and ask God to attend unto my, my cry for I am brought very low and, and Lord I am low and and look, God doesn't say that that's a, that's the bad thing, okay? He doesn't condemn him for these things at all. He's he's showing us here then then. But what do we do with it? How do we react to these things? And deliver me from my prosecutor persecutors, for they are stronger than I. You know who the biggest persecutor is in in my life? My own mind. I, I mean, how, how many times do we uh, have to? I'm telling you, that conquerors class helps you to understand how to get control of your mind and how to understand that, that your ways are not God's ways. And so our mind needs to be retrained from thinking about our ways and thinking about God's ways. And, and you find out that he can give you all kinds of victory. Your addiction may not be drugs, porn, or, or uh, illicit relationships or anything like what we want to say is ooh, bad in society. It may be pride in your life, or, or it may be just your, I don't know, just your thoughts always taking you down to the, the trashy way of thinking in your life, and that could be your addiction. Every time something goes bad, boom, straight down you go. And that can be an addictive behavior that needs to change. And, and, and whatever your persecutors are, whoever they are, you need to understand God is not your persecutor. God is your refuge. God is the one who wants to help you. God can deliver you, for they are stronger than I. And so then he says, bring my soul out of prison. Boy, it is a prison. People get into that. And maybe some of you, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you don't know. But be careful, because uh, only by his grace, there go I. I mean, we could be there quickly. You just never know what can come. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. 
You know, we, we mentioned that today too. There, there's a time to praise God. But there's also a time where we're just crying out to God. You got to stop the bleeding, right? You know, you just, that, that isn't your, that like was the illustration this morning, you're, you're laying there from some trauma in your life and you're bleeding to death and somebody comes up and says, hey, praise the Lord, you're a child of God. Well, that's a good thing to know, but probably not the right time to tell me that. And so, you know, what we do is, is here, we, we need to understand that he says, bring my soul out of prison that... I may praise thy name. But you also have a responsibility that when you finally do and you are being brought up out of that and he's listening to your cries and you're hearing him, then you praise him. You can't just stop and ignore him then. you got to praise him too. And let's make sure that we do. That I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. They'll come around, they'll surround me, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. You know, I find something interesting about that. It's what I already mentioned. When, when we start coming up out of that, then, then you find out that there are people around you. And, and, and your first thought, the devil is really going to try to get after you and say, well, they're just fair-weather friends. But they're there. And here he says that the righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. You know what? They were there, but they're not God. And they, they can't fix your problems. They, they can't bring you out of depression on their own. I mean, if we could do that, that would be fantastic. If we could ever make a little bitty pill that would just instantly bring you out of any problems you're in, we'd be very extremely wealthy. But that's not going to happen, right? We don't have the power to do that. But whenever we see you come up out of that and start having victory, you know what? We can celebrate with you. And we want to celebrate with you. Why? Because we really do care. And it's not that they're fair-weather friends. But they don't have the ability to do something that only God can. I think it's... I, I think it's powerful in our discussion this morning that uh, to help you deliver out deliver you out of your problems I asked what did your friends do and one of them said nothing they just were there that ought to be humble in itself to think that the only way you can help them is just by being there well and so here we see that the righteous shall compass me about for thou shalt deal bountifully with me I wish, and, and it's all in God's word, you know. It would have been nice if David could have then written a song or, or one more verse and said, and so now I live happily ever after. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of the fairy tale. You know, really what it is is that David could probably write, and God delivered me today, and tomorrow... I get up, and I do the fight once again. And I fight again today. So how do you do that? Well, you take care of yourself. There are some things that God tells us to do. And, 
We ought to sleep. We ought to take care of our bodies. We ought to exercise. We ought to control our thinking. How do you control your thinking? You control your thinking by concentrating on Scripture and concentrate on your walk with God being what God wants it to be. And you retain the promises of God. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Whatever the monster is in that cave, and here we see it was that was depression in David's life, but it may be some other monster in your life right now. Can I tell you, first and foremost, know for certain that you're a child of God, that there's been a time in your life where you called and trusted in the saving work of Jesus Christ to be your Savior. And then secondly, ask God to deliver you. And every day you get up and you fight today. And you'll see God deliver you out of that hole and bring you out of that cave and as you're coming up out and you can see the light, you can be praising God, you can give Him thanks and glory, and you'll find other friends that come around you and celebrate in your victory and encourage you in your walk, and, and then you wake up the next day and you continue to do battle. But stay out of there and don't go back and to help someone else from getting there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, what a powerful promise. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. God, you're our creator. You're the creator of the world, the universe. You hold it on its axis today. You're the one that has all power and bans Satan to the, to the earth. You're the one that has bound other demons that are still bound in chains. You're the one that one day will cast him into the lake of fire. And so, Lord, you tell us that as a child of God, that you will hold our right hand and there's no reason to fear because you are there. God, what a powerful promise. And so often we neglect it. So often we don't realize what all that entails. So, Father, I pray today that we would understand the power of your word, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, Father, we can walk in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. Deliver us out of the cave. Whatever that darkness may be in someone's life, I pray that you deliver them today. I pray, Father, that if there's something they need to relinquish and lay on that altar, that, Lord, even while we're praying right now, that they're praying and doing exactly that. Lord, if they need to come and deal with that, then they will. And if they need to talk to someone, that they will. If they need to nail it on this cross up here, then let them write it out and post it on there and let them walk away today clear, conscience clean, and working to fight to get out of that cave and out of that darkness. Lord, I pray that your power will be revealed in their lives. And I pray that you do a work in the hearts of each one who's here. In Jesus' name, amen.
Israel all on the altar. That's the song that we're going to sing, 476 in the hymnal if you need it. But if you can, let's stand. And if you need to do business with God, stay in your seat. Deal with it right there. If you want to come, have someone come and help you. If you uh, want to see me after, whatever, just make sure that you leave out of here today that your heart's right with God before we uh, go anywhere else. Let's just make sure that everything is on the altar and that we give it to God. Is you're all on the altar. long for sweet peace and for faith to increase and earnestly fervently pray but you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the Spirit control. Can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield Him your body and soul. You may be seated. We'll have the ushers come. Look, this invitation never closes. If you need to see me after service, be happy to help any way that I can. And just uh, pray for one.